With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Sing the song, AK. Sing the song. I was going to leave it to you. Oh, no. We didn't plan this. Oh. Here we go. Mixed martial arts? Ready? Oh, I thought it started now. Go. Mixed martial arts. Already? Oh, we... It's horrible. This is is a terrible start. One of the worst ever. Are we mixed martial arts again already? I thought we... Didn't we mix martial arts last week? We did. I don't. I don't know what happened here, but uh, we're gonna get right into this. We're gonna. We're gonna ignore what just happened for the fa- for the past thirty seconds, because the UFC's lightweight division will be on full display tomorrow night at the Apex. We got a, a main event with some pretty high stakes. We have a big time prospects battle to determine who could be a top ten, maybe a top five guy very soon. And we have another prospect bout with two guys looking to take a step forward. And those are just three of the matchups on the slate for tomorrow night's fight cards. Welcome you to the UFC Vegas 49 preview show here on MAFighting.com. We are live on YouTube. So for those who are joining us right now, welcome. We appreciate you. And for those watching or listening after the fact, welcome to you as well. We appreciate you just as much as at least I do. I think Jed Mishu might feel a little bit differently about that. Jed, how are you, sir? I appreciate people showing up. I mean, hell, I'm one of them. This is my day off, and I'm here to talk about a mediocre fight card with you gentlemen instead of playing Elden Ring. So, I'm committed. You sure are. We also have the Prince of Positivity, Mr. Alexander K. Lee, joining the the tripod here. AK, I feel like I haven't talked to you, like, all week, my best friend. How are you? I'm I'm great, sir. We did we did do on to the next one, thank God. But otherwise, yes, it's it's been too long since we have we have communicated face to face. So so that I am happy about. But uh, I should warn people ahead of time. I'm I've got some critical comments to make about Saturday's UFC card. All right. Well, I mean, you can't just leave that out there and not just get critical. Oh, I didn't want to. I didn't. I wanted to build up to it. I mean, this card no, is you not. Can't, we we could have built up to it, but you just dropped that nugget out there, and we can't right, ignore well, it. So look, this card is 
is not very good. I mean, I, I think I said this last week. I, I do think I do think this is better than last week's card uh, on paper, at least. I think I, I love the main event with Makachev and Bobby Green. I, I actually think it's only like I don't want to compare it to the Makachev uh, Dariush main event because they're, they're intriguing in completely different ways. So it's not fair to say like this is more or less intriguing. It's a it's a totally different thing. It feels kind of almost removed. Uh, from the contender conversation, uh, maybe not for Makachev. I, I, I know this sort of keeps him along that line. Bobby Green, people don't know what to make of it. You know, if he wins, uh, should he, you know, jump the spot and, and, and now become a number one contender? I don't know. Some say yes, some say no. So I know there's been some debate about it. I know it was debated on uh, on uh, uh, between the links with, with Shaheen and Jed. So I know you guys talked about it quite a bit. So, But overall, the card, I just feel like maybe like half of it is, and I know this phrase changes all the time ufc level the other half boy it's a it's a tough sell it's a tough sell and frankly i'm not i'm not here to do uh the ufc and espn's job for them not this week well what, what's the gymnastics scale oh man i mean i don't i think what for the hermanson strickland card oh no i think last week i said something like six six point five this is probably in that same range it's probably in that same range i, I give it a slight edge again because of a few fights that i'm really intrigued by makachev green uh sarukian alvarez i love gregory rodriguez uh, i think that was a nice kind of sneaky fight to put in the main card the fight with him and uh armin petrosian and then a few of the prelims i i've been looking forward to mckinney zeum for a long time so i can't suddenly say that it's not an intriguing fight just because it got postponed i still think it's really really one to watch i just wish it happened last year but things happen it was an option but again that, that this is strictly the positives it, it, the rest of the card is it's just so much of it is lackluster and just uh you know people shouldn't be having to pay their like they should get a, a espn plus credit or something like i feel like this shouldn't be part of the subscription like it just i just don't like some of these fights people being on there i i'm, I'm with respect to the fighters as always i just don't like some of these matchups all right, well, let's get into the fight that will cap off the festivities. And I want to go back to you, AK, because we've heard from Jed quite a bit about this fight. But we have the surging Islam Makachev. He's won nine in a row. He has looked unbeatable for the most part along the way. He gets a number one contender's bout against Benil Dariush. Dariush gets injured. Massive hit to this card. But the golden phone in Bobby King Green's palace rings just days after putting a beating on Nazareth Hackparast in Houston, Texas, answers the call, gets this fight on 10 days notice, a fight that very few people in this division would actually take. And I don't blame anyone for saying no, but Bobby Green did not say no, AK. So you have to respect the gusto as he prepares for this massive opportunity. Very little to lose, I might add. But a win for Bobby King Green, AK, this really shakes up this loaded division does it not it it's it's a cliche but it, it turns the whole damn thing upside down i mean we just we all wanted a big fight for bobby green after uh, the nazareth hawk press win it was it was uh he was coming off the i quint to win before that his first winning streak in a couple of years um he's a fan favorite he has an entertaining style he's he's been around forever he's had a he has a bunch of quality wins you know the the, the knock against him is you know maybe he doesn't beat top 15 top 10 guys that's fine. But after, you know, I'm looking two straight, uh, five of his last seven, we're kind of like, he deserves some sort of ranked opponent. Now, none of us would have suggested a matchup with Makachev, obviously. It made no sense. Makachev is a, is in our uh, top five, the MMA fighting global ranking top five. He was in the perfect matchup with Darius. They're both, they're tied for fourth, actually, in our rankings. So it made so much sense. And whoever won that, a lock for a title fight. Uh, so for, for Bobby Green to get this opportunity, it's, it's a great story for him. 
uh, it is we. It, I mean, there's rarely such a thing as a, as a can't lose scenario in MMA. I mean, you, you, <laughs> no one wants to go in there and lose under any circumstances, much less possibly catch a beating at the hands of an Islam Makachev. But boy, the upside is so high, and I actually like the stylistic matchup. I just don't think there's a lot of people who have used their grappling to dominate Bobby Green in the way that I think a lot of people sort of first envisioned when they saw this matchup made up. They're like, oh, well, Islam's just going to run through him, take him down, and just truck him. And that might happen because the other side of that is, has Bobby Green ever faced a wrestler or grappler as strong as Islam Makachev? Probably not. But I mean, again, I've just never seen him uh, just strictly controlled with wrestling. I think uh, the fight with Trinaldo, there was some grappling exchanges he lost, so he ended up losing a decision there. But for the most part, he really is good at staying on the feet and making people fight his fight. And if he can do it with Makachev, it's, it's going to be a big test. We're going to need to see, you know, I know the Khabib uh, Nurmago meta comparisons are endless, but we're going to need to see sort of, um, does he have the kind of striking like Khabib showed against, you know, Ally Quinta? Does he have um, the perseverance that Khabib showed against like a Michael Johnson? Because I think there could be elements of that here where Green kind of stings him on the feet. And then we have to see, can he fight through that? And then, of course, just go back to his wrestling game and win that way. Uh, so it's a good test for Makachev. It just sucks for him that it's one that he doesn't really need now and doesn't benefit much from if he passes, um, except from a hardcore standpoint. You know, us in the media will think it's cool. Like, oh, he beat a tough guy. But really, he was ready. He's cute for Teleshot. Now I don't know what a win over Bobby Green does. But uh, for Bobby Green, win or lose, super exciting. And I think... Uh, uh, kudos to the UFC and their matchmakers for getting this one and Bobby Green of course for getting this one put together on, on short notice Jed you have sung the praise of Bobby Green making this fight the last two BTL shows he's a massive underdog plus 600 not all that surprising considering the run that Makachev has been on and while this week has been the Bobby Green show and he's been getting a ton of shine and praise for taking this fight much deserved I feel like Islam Makachev has been kind of forgotten in a way this week because he's risking it all here against an unranked guy with a lot of buzz right now. Where's the shine on Islam, Jed? Because he could have said, nah, I'll wait for a top five guy. Nah, I'll take my chances on a title shot. I'll just wait it out. But he said, nope, Bobby Green's the next man up. All right, I'll do it. Where's the shine for Islam Makachev here? I mean, he should be getting the shine. People should... I say this all the time, like short notice fights are really complicated things. And it's not just because, ooh, Bobby Green didn't have a full camp to prepare. Like, yeah, well, Islam was doing a lot of other things and not prepared for Bobby Green. And so him taking this fight, especially given the position he's in, like he's, I think we would all agree, he is risking far more than Bobby Green is for this fight. Like, well, kind of like you're alluding to, like Bobby Green, sure, Give him his props for taking it because a lot of other guys turned this down, uh, allegedly. We can't say that for certain, but allegedly other guys were given the opportunity. Uh, phone calls were made, and Bobby Green's the guy who raised his hand. So props to him for that. But at the same time, if you're Bobby Green, you're supposed to take this. Like, why wouldn't you take this? You can jump to the head of the line almost overnight. Like, it's – and if you lose, well, there's really limited downside to losing here. It's it's all upside for him. It's the exact inverse for Islam. So, yeah, Islam should be getting credit, but that's just not really how these sorts of things work. It's always viewed through the guy coming in last minute as opposed to the dude preparing. Uh, but let me tell you, the UFC, if nobody else wants to give Islam credit, the UFC needs to cut that man a big old check because if, if AK didn't like this card you know, now as it stands, boy, howdy, this card is a tough sell if Islam Bobby Green isn't at the top of the bill. 
Yes. And you mentioned this, AK, and we talked, we had a nice little spirited debate on BTL because of this, and you sort of laid it out a little bit, but you didn't really give a full answer. But Jed believes no matter what, no matter who wins this fight, the next fight will not be for the belt. Whether Islam wins, whether Bobby Green wins, a title shot will not be awaiting the winner of this fight. Green would probably get a huge bump up, maybe into a title eliminator. Makachev would have 10 wins in a row. But as Jed said, and there's part of me that sort of agrees with this. Exactly what I said. (laughs) You said Connor would get it. You said you said he's not getting the title said, shot next. I said if Bobby wins, he's not getting one. If Islam wins, it's like 50-50. You said probably not. You, you I bet, said if, you, no, I said probably because if Gaethje wins, Islam gets the title fight. If Gaethje, win, or if Gaethje loses, I don't think Charles Oliveira fights Islam, but I think Gaethje's going to win. I think the most likely outcome here is, is that Islam's the next title challenger, but please continue. But the point I was making is that it was not a guarantee that whoever wins gets the next title it's shot, not a right? guarantee. Right. Green gets the big jolt. Makachev has 10 wins in a row, but he doesn't have a sig- that, that signature win on his resume. Like pretty much everybody else who has fought for the belt at 155 has gotten. It's not his fault that these fights keep falling out. Watch Michael it. Chandler. Well, Michael sometimes. Chandler really had a signature <laughs> win. Well, I mean, t- t- circumstances. Poirier, they had nobody else. It's a little different. I, I feel I'm like just the kind opportunity of... I can to bag on Michael Chandler because he sucks. <laughs> no, you are the biggest Michael Chandler fan of all time. But do you agree with that, AK? I'm going to let you talk now. Do you agree with that? Do you feel like if Islam Makachev goes out there and beats Bobby Green convincingly, do you feel like he's definitely going to get the next title shot? Like, do you weigh it more than 50-50? Or does he have to just go out there and starch him? Like, if he goes out there and gets a, a decision win, would that be enough in your eyes to say, you know what, Islam Makachev's next fight has to be for the belt next? Uh, I'm definitely leaning a little more than 50-50, because, if only because I feel like there was sort of that unofficial thought that another win for uh, Makachev, again, presumably over Dariush, was the you know was the path for him to get the winner of, of Oliveira and Gaethje right? The the change in opponent uh, for sure uh, changes the scenario. How can it not? Uh, Bobby Green just is not at the the level of esteem that Dariush is on. Is not not on the run that Dariush is on. But I also think that they've invested so much in Makachev that if you know Conor McGregor is not available, and, and I still think Conor McGregor it's and he's just. I, I know I'm sure he's expecting to come back and compete and be healthy by what the summer or like third quarter, you know, 2022, the latest. Um, he's just pretty unreliable. And I know, uh, you know, he's he's going to say all kinds of stuff like, oh, I could, I'll come take the title whenever I want or tweet and he'll tweet some crap about that. But, is you know, he's the kind of guy, is he just saying that? Is he actually still interested in winning that fighting for that title? Does he want to give uh, Oliveira the quote unquote, that red penny night and all that? I don't know. I honestly don't know if he cares about that anymore. Um, we always say there's always options for him at welterweight too. So uh, Oliveira would certainly want it. But Oliveira, I think, would also be happy to just say, look, Makachev is the guy. Uh, who, who's, who's on the win streak. They'll be tied for the longest win streak if, if Makachev gets that win on, on Saturday. I think Oliveira sees, you know, maybe it's not a McGregor fight. There's money to be made there. It's a good opponent, a very dangerous opponent. Who isn't at 155 these days, right? He's about to fight Gaethje. So, <laughs> you know, so, um, and Gaethje, of course, Gaethje, I don't think would be would be super picky either. So, um, yeah, everyone wants McGregor, but uh, I, I do think Makachev, again, I'm a little more than 50-50, probably closer to 60-40, maybe even 65-35. I just think he needs to win, um, and he still remains pretty clear-cut the number one contender for uh, whatever happens with with uh, Charles Oliveira and, and Justin Gaethje. Um, yeah, again, the McGregor factor is always out there, but I think it becomes sort of just less and less with every every passing day that he kind of 
you know, is, is out of action. I just don't think the UFC can bank on that. And at the frequency with which they book cards, you got to go with the, the bird in hand, which is which will be Makachev if he wins on Saturday. What if Bobby Green wins, AK? Do you give him a title fight? I mean, stranger things have happened. Uh, it would certainly would not be my number one choice. Uh, stranger things have happened, but yeah, I mean, if you for me, I'm a big. If you beat someone in the rankings, you take you take their spot. Uh, so I don't know if that would how much that would bump Makachev down and how much it would move Green up. But I mean, I, I would I, I would give him Green spot. Some people wouldn't agree. Some people would say it's short notice. Some people would say body of work. Makachev is just so much stronger. How can you how can you give someone um, you know his ranking off of one win? And I understand that. Uh, there's MMA math involved too. Who have they beaten? This guy beat this guy. This guy, you know, I get it. Um, but for me, a win even in a 160 pound catch weight bout, essentially a lightweight bout anyway, that that to me gives him the spot. Um, I'm trying to think. Would they give him the title shot? I'm just trying to think what other options are besides. He'll be red hot. He'll be red hot, and everybody will be pushing for it. He can talk, and and Jed raised the great point, man. It's just it's it's eerily similar to kind of what happened with uh, with Jorge Masvidal, and and Jed has been saying for a while that Bobby Green is sort of that Masvidal candidate. You know, that uh, that guy who could respected guy quote-unquote journeyman uh well-known name but not like super famous certainly not mainstream famous and a win over makachev would not make him mainstream famous unless he did like a you know a five second flying knee something like that which is which is pretty unlikely um so barring that just a win like even like a convince let's say even like he shocks us all wins like four out of five rounds very convincing decision win doesn't put him in that masvidal level of, of fame unfortunately or hype but it would be enough that if the UFC did need a title challenger, and again, not McGregor, they could do a lot worse than Bobby Green. He can sell a fight, uh, and I think he'd be a, certainly a worthy for whoever you know holds the title in the next few months. So I think it's possible. Uh, a little less than 50 50. Uh, I'm just I'm just not sure where they where they would end up going with it. Maybe Dariush. Uh, well, no, he'll be out for a while, won't he? It's a pretty a pretty serious ankle injury, so he can't factor into it. But um, yeah, I don't think it's crazier things that happened in MMA, and I don't think Bobby Green fighting for the title this year. I mean, if I if you'd asked me that three months ago, I would have said you were nuts. Now today, I put it in the realm of likely with a win. Jed, what is what is your glaring question heading into this fight? Like outside of the who wins, who loses scenario, what question are you looking forward to the most having answered? Is it as simple as can Bobby Green stay on his feet and can Islam Makachev get it to the mat or does it go further than that? It's definitely not that because that question isn't particularly interesting to me and it's not something that like I just don't really care about it uh that's a really interesting question from you though Mike um I guess my biggest question will be just what we've been talking about which is with a win is that enough does does the cult of Islam Makachev and everything about him and his connections to Habib because really his career in a lot of respects is kind of mirroring Habib's in that he Habib was the best lightweight on earth, like three years before he got the title. Like I was saying it three years before he got the title. A lot of people when RDA went and won the belt after Habib ragged all of them were like, Oh, that's the best dude. It's pretty obviously that that, that dude is the best dude. And this was like all the way back when Pettis had the belt, there was rumblings of, Oh, we could roll Habib in against Pettis. And that's, Thing like he was clearly the top guy for way longer than it took the UFC to get him a belt, injury and timeline and Connor and all this other stuff going on. And so I guess that's my big question is Islam has been set back by a number of things like Habib was that aren't entirely in his under his control, you know, last minute opponent changes and and COVID and things like that have have hindered the advancement of his career, which probably should be holding the title. 
like already. And so even though this will, he still won't have a signature top five win in the division. I guess that really is the big question is if the UFC learned from Habib and just says, Hey, this guy's just the best dude. Just, just put him in there. We, it doesn't matter that he doesn't have a, a great win in the division. Let, let's he's just the best guy. We can just put him in there and, and let's run with it. So that that's certainly the thing I'm most interested in the fallout here. AK, let's get into the picks before we discuss what other fights we have our eyes on. I know you're not super high on the card, but mm-hmm. Makachev, Makachev, according to our friends at DraftKings, minus 900 favorite, Green the plus 600 underdog. MMA is a crazy sport, AK. Can Bobby Green go out there and shock the damn world tomorrow night? Can he do it? I am, uh, Mike, you know, I am known both as the Prince of Positivity and as one of uh, MMA's, uh, the MMA media's greatest cowards. So I rarely uh, take these long shots, even though I have, I have not done my predictions yet. I have a feeling I will write a classic, like, two paras of how Bobby Green can win the fight. And the last sentence will just be, oh, but Makachev's winning anyway. So I, I already have it in my head how that's going to look. And uh, I just can't, I just can't, uh, I think Makachev's the real deal. I can't, I can't bet against him. Uh, I do think competitive uh competitive early going i think bobby green is going to look good um but i think one makachev's a better fighter and two taking fight on short notice like this you'd like to I, I feel like you'd like to have a little more time in camp just to really gear your training towards this specific opponent i don't know if all the wrestling training in the world can prepare a bobby green for an islam makachev fine but i do feel like two more weeks or however long they normally take for these sort of things uh would be really really helpful again he's fought wrestlers before he just hasn't fought someone on the level uh, of an Islam Makachev as, as far as wrestling goes. And, and that's going to be the difference as the fight goes on. So I can see Bobby Green again doing well early. I can see him winning a round. I can see him threatening. Um, and we can have one of those moments where uh, people always talk about when like Michael Jackson barely kind of scathed Khabib. And to this day, people go like, oh, that's Khabib, his questionable chin. And it was like literally like this two-second moment where I think he got punched and like slipped. Um, so I can see that happening by Green having like a flurry and like – Makachev like slightly kind of getting caught off guard be like oh oh my gosh that's his weakness his weakness is striking it's like I don't know about that um but either way I'm gonna go uh, Makachev decision though I think I think Green will uh is tough enough to survive on the ground um but I think Makachev pulls away in the last three rounds and wins, wins pretty convincingly rounds three four and five uh in, in addition to probably one of the one of the uh, first two rounds but uh Green will take a round and Green will have his moments um I want to ask Jed well, since we're going to go to his prediction anyway, Jed, you are now you have Aslan Makachev as your number one lightweight in the MMA fighting global rankings. If he mm-hmm. loses to Bobby Green, uh, one does I mean, does Makachev still keep his spot because it's weird circumstances, or are you going to bump up Gaethje to number one, or are you just going to have to do a, a, an entire reshuffling and then maybe Dobronx finally gets up in there? What's the it's hard to say yeah. until it happens, but. If I mean, depending on how he loses, he's definitely mm-hmm. falling. But how far will depend on Bobby Green and, and what happened. Uh, but Gaethje will go up to one, Oliver will be two, and then after that, it'll figure it out based on on how that fight looked, basically. But he would probably drop severely because even with a win, I I have to put Bobby Green ahead of him in the rankings, and I will not be able to justify putting Bobby Green ahead of a lot of, a lot of lightweights, mm-hmm. even though I love the dude. And I have been on Bobby Green's corner a lot longer than the rest of people. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just not not how that would go. So it, it would just be Gaethje Oliver at one and two. So how does this fight end on Saturday? How does this play out? What's the headline going to read? 
Oh, this is what is going to win. Um, I am going to go out on a corner uh, that not a lot of people are on. I actually think Bobby Green's a really, like a really good matchup for Islam Makhachev. Um, and I have not seen a lot of people espouse this belief, uh, mainly because a lot of the stuff AK said, he's gritty, he's a veteran. He hasn't really been dominated uh, via grappling all that often. Um, you know, he just, he knows how to fight and is nobody really blows Bobby Green out. Uh, and I think a lot of that's true. I just kind of think it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to try and say as many ideas as I can very quickly so we don't spend too much time here. One, I think the short notice nature uh, of fights like this actually help Islam Makachev more than it helps Bobby Green. I usually think that that's a bit inverse just because of the risk-reward scenario, but the reality is Islam Makachev doesn't have to... like you, You're tweaking a game plan, but you're not tailoring a game plan. The game plan is the exact same. I'm going to go tackle that dude and beat the hell out of him from on top. So it's not like, oh, I have to learn how to box now because I don't want to tackle this guy. It's it's the same thing for everybody, so it's a very linear option. Habib was the same way. It was just like, yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. He's doing the thing he's doing forever. You are the one who needs to adjust to him. Um, and on that note, like, sure, Bobby Green hasn't – Bobby Green has not been dominated in grappling. Bobby Green hasn't fought anybody even in the general vicinity of Islam Makachev as far as top position grappler goes – Talking about a dude who gave up takedowns to acclaimed wrestlers Lando Venata, and uh, basically everybody he's fought has taken him down at one point or another. Like it's he is good at being safe, and so I don't think Islam is going to blow the doors off him. However, there isn't a world where Islam gets a quick choke because Bobby Green does a quad pod up where he gives his back, like whenever he gets taken down. That's a horrible idea against Islam Makachev. Uh, but assuming he doesn't do that, the rest of the time he's probably going to stay safe. But I have no belief that, you know, if Lando Venata can take you down, Islam Akhchev's going to plant you, and he's just going to keep doing it. Even if Bobby Green is smart and able to adjust to, okay, he's running a pipe on a single. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight the hand here. Like, cool. It's not like Islam Akhchev's a one-trick takedown pony. The whole thing that, that he and Habib and, and they do is – they have so many ways to to go about skinning that cat. So, and on on the other side, yeah, Bobby Green's a better technical striker than is Makachev, but Makachev is really good defensively on the feet, and Bobby Green is not a big hitter. Like, so there's there's no everyone always said with the you got to stop the takedowns, then you just knock him out. Okay, Bobby Green can't can't stop the takedowns. Even if he can, he's not going to really be able to knock Islam out, at least not as a one-hitter quitter. He's just going to have to build up strikes over time, which is a way to win, but it also just gives Islam infinite opportunities to keep shooting at his hips. Like, there's no... I don't see a, uh, a way for Bobby Green to consistently generate offense to win the fight. If he does, more power to him. Hell of a showing. Uh, I think... This fight goes as long as Bobby Green is comfortable staying defensive. I think he's going to get tackled five five rounds in a row. And if he decides to risk it for the biscuit and give up position, then Islam will finish him. If he just stays safe, then it's going to be relatively boring and Islam's going to comfortably win every round. So I, I lean towards the latter, frankly. Um, so we're probably in for 25 minutes of top position grappling. Yeah, I'm looking at the line right now. Uh, fight goes the distance. 
yes, at plus 250 here for this fight. So very interesting. Uh, minus 360 for no. So the betting community doesn't see this going 25 minutes. I'm going to take sort of pieces from what both of you said. Because I, I, what's weird about this is like the build to this fight has been the Bobby Green show. And I think in the end of this, it's going to look like the build to the fight. I think Bobby Green's going to get a ton of shine. Islam will get some shine as well. But but I, I think Green's going to get a ton of shine for how he performs in there. And I believe him when he says he's going to walk in there as soon as the fight starts. He's going to walk up to Islam Makachev and punch him right in the face. I also think that Green will be able to show a lot of tenacity in this fight. He has very good takedown defense. I know he gets taken down, but he's very handsy. He can he can do some different things. He's got very strong hands. He's got good wrist control, very trickly in, in the grappling situations, scramble situations. Like Jed said, very good defensively. Islam is just going to keep chaining these takedown attempts together over and over and over and over and over again. And I think Bobby Green will not look out of place for the entire fight. I think he'll be able to get back to his feet a lot of the time. I think he'll be able to avoid a lot of the damage early on. But man, you're talking about a guy in Islam Makachev and you're talking about just timing not being on your side like the risk reward factor i mean it checks off all the boxes but you just fought a three-round fight two weeks prior where you threw a lot of shots you had to cut weight and then you have to cut weight again for this one to get to 158 and from interviews he did him from ariel say he was like 195 when he took the fight that's almost 40 pounds in a week and a half so i, I just think over five rounds i just think all those factors will add up i think makachev will start to get rolling get some momentum the longer the fight goes i do think green will make it the full 25 i think it goes the to distance i think he might be able to win around maybe even two i just don't know i just i don't think he can keep up the kind of pace that he'll need to win this fight on 10 days notice two weeks after getting into a three-round fight where he just beat the hell out of nazareth hack i think his stock will rise maybe even more than islam's winning the fight but i'm going with islam via decision so i think bobby gets some praise Islam, not so much, but let me also, I think Green let me is surviving. Also, I just want to throw this Sorry, out I'm there. Gonna, I'm going to jump in real quick. Uh, Mr. Mishu, can you uh -huh. check your microphone? Is it working? Because it sounds pretty hollow. It should be working. Can you tap your mic? Tap, tap. Oh, maybe, you can move. maybe it's a little too far away from you. Maybe that's what it is. Perhaps says it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say really quickly on the Bobby Green thing. I think the biggest thing in his favor is that Bobby Green is mentally um, insanely tough and he will not quit in this fight. Like, that's no way. Like, that, and that, that really behooves him a lot because it can be super frustrating to be on, underneath somebody for 10, 15, 20 minutes and, or just to panic. Like, if we're, if we're being honest, Dan Hooker just kind of panicked when Islam got on top of him. He did like three things defensively that were all disparate. Like he did three half halves of, of defensive efforts and instead of one like cohesive plan and got Kamara like instantaneously as a result. Bobby Green's not going to do that. Like Bobby Green will not care at all if Islam sits on him for 15 minutes. He'll roll out for round four the same as he ever did. And that's that's his best chance is to not be broken. But I like I said, I I think it's a horrible match for him. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think he's going to get broken. I just think everything's just going to add up and and play in Islam's favor. I just think the longer the fight goes, it, it just there's just not there's only so much you can do physically. 
mentally he's going to be there and he's going to try his damnedest and he's going to come up in the fifth round. He's going to talk all sorts of smack and say some things and yell and hoot and holler. And we're all going to love him for it. But then he's probably just going to get taken down again and grind it out for the final five minutes of the fight. So it should be fun. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on the amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. We will go to the peeps in a moment, in, in, a, in a few seconds. But AK, I do want to start with you. Mm-hmm. The co-main event, the co-main event is the what second, it is. The second, the second last fight on the card. <laughs> Maybe we'll get the entrances. It'll be official, officially co-main event. We didn't get that last week. We did the week before. We got Misha Serkinov versus Wellington Terman at 185 pounds. But there are some some pretty interesting bouts on this card. So outside of this main event, which fight stands out to you the most? What's the fight outside of this? Makachev green fight that you are most intrigued by? I mean, look, there's several. As much as I was dumping on the card at the beginning, uh, the one that jumps out right away, uh, main card, Armand Sarukian, Joel Alvarez. Um, it's a strange fight because both guys have had issues with making weight. Uh, Sarukian has missed weight once. Um, Joel Alvarez has missed weight two consecutive times. So he's a very, very tall, lightweight, um, but clearly a talented guy. And Sarukian, we have been touting him. He's only, I think, 24, maybe 25 now. We've been touting him as a future top five, definitely a top 10 guy. He just has that great mixture of, of wrestling and athleticism. And, and again, just that this seemingly bought, um, I would say bottomless, bottomless potential. Bottomless is good. Uh, <laughs> an endless, endless potential, I should say. And, uh, 
uh, Joel Alvarez is the right matchup for him. They both won four straight. This feels like, again, I, I love, uh, you know, sometimes I want to protect people, but sometimes I think it's good to just throw two guys who are on winning streaks, see what you got. Because, uh, I'm, well, I'm sure Saruki on his favor, Joel Alvarez, I, I mean, a win for him would not surprise me. Like I said, he's, he's also extremely talented. So other than other than the weight cut issues, um, I mean, it's just that, that's a great – that really should be the second last fight. That's a fight that if you called it the co-main event of this card, Mike, I would not balk at it. I am balking at Misha Serkinov and Wellington Terman um, being a co-main event, even when it was originally – Ah, Sirkadov Moradov was a little more appealing, I'll say. I, I, I guess I guess it did. But they could have reshuffled the card. So I'll go with Surkiani and Alvarez. Uh, Surkiani, minus 220 favorite as of right oh, now. Oh, wow. In the DraftKings. Come back on Joel Alvarez, plus 180. Made weight 156 pounds. So good on him. He needed the box mm-hmm. of redemption, but uh, but he made it. Jed, what's yours? What's your, uh, what's your Jed's main event out of the actual main event? I mean, Surkiani and Alvarez is probably the best fight on this card just full stop um really fascinating but since ak already did a really good job running that down i have there's honestly not a ton on the undercard i'm super excited about terrence mckinney is an interesting person we talked about him yesterday sean alshadi did a good job of explaining why if i have to pick just one more give me uh also on the main card also an armin uh armin petrosian versus gregory rodriguez look this isn't a fight between world beaters or future champions or guys who are even necessarily going to make it into the top 15 of the middleweight division. But this is classic styles matchup, man. And I'm always here for something fun, some shenanigans. It's going to be done with inside of 15 minutes. Armin Petrosian is uh, an accomplished kickboxer. He is the brother to Georgia, Giorgio Petrosian, one of the best kickboxers in the world. Um, and, you know, he he came in. He's this is his debut. He's coming in off the contender series, where he looked exactly like you would think. He's not great at wrestling, but he stayed safe enough and kept getting back to his feet, and then knocked the dude out because he's got hands. And Gregory Rodriguez is a BJJ world champion who is extremely stiff and lumbering and slow uh, and punches kind of hard, but also gets way too excited by the fact that he can punch kind of hard. And so he will get into brawls when it does not suit him. Uh, And so there's a world where he tries to kickbox with a Petrosian, which is awful. But if he just gets body locks and takedowns, like, He's a BJJ world champion. So it's it, this is an all or nothing fight. It's true two true outcomes. And I'm in. I want to see I want to see what's gonna happen. It, it's at least going to be really fun, even if it's maybe kind of stupid and probably not leading to anything bigger. That is that is actually a really interesting fight. It's and a I really think that fun fight. fight. Oh, and by the it way, I, I I just I think Rodriguez is a sleeper contender at 185. I disagree. Oh, I think no. if he wins, oh, no. oh for oh for sure, for sure. I think a win over Petrosian uh, puts like, him somewhere in the top 20. He's like a super poor man Jun, version Jun, of Rafael Lovato Jr. Jun Young Park is really good, and he smoked yeah. him. Jun Young Park smoked him. Really he didn't smoke him. AK. He was he, not, he lost not, the first not. two rounds probably. <laughs> Yeah, he won. He, he won. Getting, he finished. Yeah, he came back and won. Park he was getting finished. clobbered to death, and because he is a <laughs> hey, like he, hey, who who he won the fight? Obliterated. He did. Hey, and credit won the to fight? him for eating like <laughs> seventeen hundred shots to the dome. Sure, but that man, you can't do that against. Sure, Jungle Park's like okay, but if you do that against like a good middleweight, you're dead. 
If he does it against Petrosian, he's dead. He's a sleeper, and he was one of he would he was one of my top five breakout fighters of 2021. I'll tell you that right now. Right? Uh, you could hey, be listen, right. If he grapples, I think, he's great. I don't think it's out of the question. He's a if he takes him, Rafael Lovato Jr. Gregory Rodriguez's game plan is very simple. We take him down, we try to mount him, and we try to bash him until the referee pulls us off in the first round. Because you know what happens when you have a man like a Gregory Rodriguez who is built like a Gregory Rodriguez. What happens when you have all these muscles and these fights gets extended? And we saw it, we saw it in, the, in his last fight. He gets tired. And what happens when you're taking on a high-level kickboxer with one-punch power or one-kick power and a fight gets extended? It's bad news. It is very bad news. Now, Petrosian has been stopped before. And it wasn't all that long ago that it happened, but sometimes you make a mistake. He's only six and one as an MMA fighter. He's got all that experience in the kickboxing realm, but yeah, that is a really interesting fight. Rodriguez should win because what he does very well, he does it better than Petrosian does, but Petrosian knows he's going to get taken down. He knows he's probably going to have to get back to his feet and can Rodriguez keep that pace and stay out of danger for 15 minutes. That's a big ass. So to me, I look at that fight as Rodriguez either submits him or mounts him and TKOs him in the first round, or boy, oh boy, it could be, it could get really oh, rough. Petrosian knocks him out. It's one, two outcomes. <laughs> All it's happening. Submission yep, or that KO. A, that's-, that's a very interesting betting line right now. Right now, plus 135 on Petrosian. That's, that's not a bad look right there. But I love, I mean, it, the, the, the Sarukian fight is obviously the pick for me. Nobody on planet Earth has been higher on Armand Sarukian than I have been, except maybe his manager and his team. Many have jumped on board, but I've been driving that bus for a long time now. Him and Joel Alvarez is a great fight. Two dangerous guys, two super bright prospects in this division. I think it's the, the right type of matchup. These are super prospects, in my opinion. I love the Ignacio Bahamande's Jurong fight. I just wish Jurong didn't miss weight by four pounds. That should be a lot of fun. The Petro and Rodriguez Petrosian is just super intriguing. But is this the most star-studded card of all time? No. Are there some really good fights on here? Yes. Are there some interesting up-and-comers? Yes. There definitely is. I really like this card for those reasons. There's some stuff I wish we could just take out of and we had like an eight-fight card. But I actually think at the end of this, when we do the post-fight show, we're gonna be talking about a pretty fun card. So let's go to the peeps and see how much Misha, fun they're having. Go ahead, Jed. Go ahead, Jed. You go first, oh. please. Oh, I just – good. You can talk about the co-main because I don't care at all. I just want to throw a quick <laughs> shout-out to um, uh, to, uh, to to the other Nunes, the the other women's band of women. Oh, Nunes, I like her. Hosean, um, I'm interested just because she could be fun. Like she came in, made her UFC debut last time, was coming off of a good career on the regional circuit, but you also just never know how much stock to put in women's regional Brazilian MMA. Like there's – there's a lot of range there for whether you're good or just trash. Um, but she blew the doors off Bay Malecki in her debut. So, like, I've, I'm interested to see if this is actually a woman who can make waves in the Bantamweight division. Like, this is – so, yeah, just wanted to give her a shout-out because there's no chance anyone asks a question about her. Yeah, I didn't know that this would change. This was changed to a 145, obviously because Pasquale, you know, coming on short notice. I'm glad it was. Oh, I didn't. But know I didn't that realize it. Yeah, so it's a 145. So five foot two, Josie Ann Nunes weighed in at 145 pounds for this fight, and it's just like, and it kind of makes sense when you look at. Like, she does have like like she is kind of stocky and has pretty long arms, uh, you know, relative to her height. But like still, that like blows my mind. Like I'm impressed that she made 145. Like she must. I think she had to work 
to like make that weight. I don't, <laughs> she had to like put eat something before the weight because she is so tiny. I'm like, how is she 145? Like I thought it was a mistake. I thought they read the weight wrong. Um, then I realized it had been changed. That, that sure enough, she had, she had uh, made the uh, cha- championship featherweight championship weight. So championship go. weight, good for her. championship weight. Nunes and versus Nunes. Let's go. She has the she despite being six pounds shorter or six six inches shorter she will have Nunes will have the reach advantage <laughs> yes, in this fight i know she will she have the reach very advantage. long arms and she hits she very very arms. hard yes, yeah that, straight up. we might have a spectacular knockout on our hands when that fight happens sure. i think or, Nunes or is just gonna be yeah, fun I, yeah or it could be a good scrap but yeah i mean just mike you said that, you know obviously we know that the fight nights at this point we should stop looking for these sort of you know usual fight nights to have you know name power name power from top to bottom that's not fair to the fighters it's not fair to the ufc we know they're putting on fifth well i should say it's not fair to the ufc matchmakers let me put it that way um and the people and the people who are responsible for finding this talent and signing these people they're being told to put on 48 cards a year however many it is there's only so much talent out there. Um, you can point fingers wherever you want for, you know, these cards being so lackluster, but I know some people, they're certainly putting in their best effort to try and fill these cards, but like Alta Morano, Hernandez, I mean, these are two contender series guys. Yes, I know that's a purpose of contender series to find guys and why not to do contender series guys against each other, but that's still what the fight is. And it just feels weird that it's on a UFC card. I don't know. Uh, Brahim is coming on short notice. Michael Gilmore is only being uh, kept around because he, he, the UFC really likes him because he is <laughs> insane on the ultimate fighter and literally threw his life away. So he could be a reserve on the ultimate fighter. So uh, I, Hey, I hope he's getting another paycheck. If he wins, Hey, maybe this becomes a, like a, an entirely he, other story. He is not going to win, but he's <laughs> just, he's not a UFC level fighter and that's fine. It's not. Everyone is, um, I, I don't mind some of the other fights. Yeah, uh, Perez, Martinez, which is essentially a bantamweight fight, just having a featherweight, um, and McKinnisian. But yeah, I'm not as high on the Nunez-Pasquale matchup or the Zhu Rong Bahamondas matchup. Gian Kim, Priscilla Cachura should not be anywhere near a main card. Uh, it's just it's just not a strong card. I'm not I, I don't love it, but this is the uh, you know the ESPN uh, weekly card era now, right? So I love the Bahamondas Zhu Rong fight. I think it's going to be super fun. Like you got both guys had tough debuts, but then they bounce back with like spectacular performances in their follow-up so i mean it should be fun i like i like where those guys are at right now you get two dudes who could do something in this division and let's just throw it out there now and see what happens see who the i'm really cheese i'm really cheese by the weight miss i will say Def- definitely put me off yes. the matchup yeah yes you four do pounds, not, you right? hate weight misses well four i don't pounds. mind them that bad four pounds wait in 15 minutes 15 minutes after the weigh-in started and, and it's the second straight and he missed weight again second straight time by the way he missed weight so there's two, two misses and he missed by more than the last time so it's yeah, not great he's gonna have to he's gonna have to bump up because those weight cuts are only gonna get worse and are gonna get tougher and tougher he's what 21 years old so it's just only gonna get worse going down at this point so let's go to the peeps let's see what they're excited about let's see what is on their intrigue list in regards to didn't we answer that. this last week speaking of the peeps by the way a 61 picking um uh, makachev in the main event 60 wow all right a lot of lot of support for bobby green yeah but they're not putting their money on it yet <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's different between answering, answering a YouTube poll and betting. That's a prop that special. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, if you're interested in Bobby Green, you can get Bobby Green at plus fourteen hundred on DraftKings to win by decision. By decision. And if Bobby Green's winning, it's probably by decision. So, yeah. worst places some... to take a flyer. 
I guess knockouts getting better odds because people are thinking he needs to land a lucky punch or something That's to like win. Almost, well, yeah, the idea is that he's not going to win 25 minutes against Sure, Marcus sure, right. I think that's actually more likely than him, like, tapping Makachev or whatever. Yeah, yeah submission has to be – I mean, submission must be even higher. The submission must be, like, plus uh, 4,000 or something. I mean, I can't even – Maybe. I don't know. I haven't, looked at, I haven't looked at the odds lately, but – I'll pull it up while we go to the peeps. All right. Well, first question. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the middleweight that, that's been left out of the conversation due to his broken foot or something. Oh, um where does this leave Darius? Who, who can he get inside the top five? I mean, I think it's probably way too early to tell at this point because we don't know how long he's going to be out for. It's a pretty mm-hmm. bad injury he suffered, so we he might we might not see him at, at all this year if we're being honest. What was? But I think he gets right. I think he gets right back in there, right? I think he. I think he gets a pretty decent fight when he gets back. It just depends on who emerges. I mean, if Bobby Green wins, then all bets are off. But if Makachev wins and we have to see how these title fights play out, what where does Connor fit and all that? There's just I don't know if there's too many unanswered questions here, AK. Can can you imagine if Darius comes back and he has to fight like a Michael Chandler? Oh man, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. Bobby, Bobby Jeff. <laughs> huh? That's a that's a that's a Yeah, but the difference is the difference it no, but the difference is Makachev is like, you know, the clear cut number one contender, it's more to gain. Chandler, Chandler's is behind and I mean not far behind, but certainly far behind in our in, in I mean certainly is behind in the rankings. I mean, that's just Darius protecting his spot if he ends up against Michael Chandler. I mean, that's tough. He he was going to be able to take Makachev's spot. Now instead he's once again having to having to fight someone. And again, I don't know if a winner for Michael Chandler gets him a title shot. So the question is, it probably should, when but Darius comes back, is he still the number one contender with his next fight? Or is yeah. he just now? That's the, I think that's yeah. the question. Yeah, if he comes back, he, his next fight is... Uh, if he comes back, he pro- like when he comes back, he probably fights the loser of Gaethje Oliveira based on how everything else is shaking out. Like, oh, that's Yeah, that's another option. That, and that would be a best-case scenario, I think, getting the, getting the loser of that fight for sure. Because I think he is for sure still in that next win should get him a title fight, even though... I mean, people are gonna be mad. His run is a little bit smoke and mirrors right now. Um, he's still kind of he's got seven whatever wins in a row. Like he should, he should still be in that position to, yeah, I'd beat a guy, get a title fight, and so I think loser of Oliver Gaethje makes sense, depending timeline. Plus you got, plus you got these up and coming fifty fivers too. You got Fazeev who's got a big fight coming up against RDA. We'll see where he's at. Uh, Sarukian, if he goes out there and bolts Joel Alvarez, gets a big win. He he might turn around quick and get a big win. We'll see where he's at. We could have some some new fresh names, kind of in this division. So, like I said, with 155 and some of these guys coming up and some of these fights that are on the books already, I think it's a little early to tell. But yeah, I think depending on who's in that top five, you give Dariush a main event against one of those guys, and if he wins, he gets a title fight next. Give me. I mean, honestly, regardless of the outcome, I would be down for this. Give me Bobby Green versus Michael Chandler. When you said Michael Chandler, that oh, yeah. fight feels like that. That. that makes all the sense to me. I don't really care about Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Um, I'd watch it, but give me Bobby Green, Michael Chandler, win or lose this weekend. That feels like that's good. Right. And by the way, uh, for those wondering, Bobby Green to win by submission plus 3,500. 3,500. Okay, yeah. That should be even higher. Makachev, be even higher. Makachev to win, Makachev to win by decision is plus three thirty. Yeah, the only the the bet I have down is a double chance on to win by decision or sub because he's not going to punch him out. But I do have some concerns about Green's tendency to give up his back 
and that's just a really dangerous game to play. So I don't feel all the way confident in saying by decision. But when when someone submits due to an injury, they just call that a TKO now, right? That's there's no there's no submission to an injury. It's all that's all lumped under TKO, right? If they if they TKO tap like out, submission from strikes. yeah. If they if like someone like they like hurt their ribs or something and they like tapped out, if, do they just call that if a TKO? they tap out? It's a submission. Really? Okay, because I was saying that if that's they the tap only. Out, but they usually don't tap out. <laughs> Sure. Like that's the only, or it'll give you verbal, you know, verbal, you know, the guy cries yeah. out in pain and some of that. But I think that's the only reason, because like I think 30 plus 3,500 is still, I, I has, I'd put like plus 4,000, plus 6,000 or something for Bobby Green by submission. Unless, but again, unless you're counting some sort of injury submission, then that's the, that's the MMA. They have to take into account the MMA weirdness factor, I think, when, when making those odds. Oh, so. All right. Another question what from Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Uh, why the hell is McKinney on yeah. the prelim? What do you guys think about that? It's a weird one. It, it, it's not even the featured prelim. Obviously, they had high hopes for uh, the Zhurong Bahamandas uh, matchup, as you mentioned, Mike. On paper, very strong, a very cool, potentially uh, strong matchup between two up and coming guys. Um, I would have put McKinney and Zium in that spot, especially since McKinney is someone I feel like they should get behind. Another guy who was on my top five um, breakout fighters from last year, counting, of course, not I had to work outside the UFC before he made his spectacular debut. Fastest fastest finish in uh, knockout in lightweight history, right? Seven Smooth. seconds, yep. Yeah, crazy, right? Um, so I think he's a great story. And then uh, his story of almost dying, which he's told many times and is, frankly, I'll probably never get tired of hearing. It's one of those things that I think should be he, – he likes to talk about it, and it is so much a big part of his journey. I think it would have made for a nice ESPN video package uh, into a featured prelim. Uh, maybe they have something prepared anyway. I don't know. It just feels weird randomly stuck in – if this is the schedule they're sticking with in between Perez, Martinez and, and Nunez Pasquale. So uh, I'm not sure, uh, you know, you can, it's never a horrible thing to go slow burn with these guys, but I think McKinney and Zim are both talented and potentially again, uh, up, you know, fast rising fighters at 155, depending how, how Saturday's fight goes. So uh, I guess my, for uh, Matisse, I don't have an answer. I think it's silly. It should be the featured prelim, if not on the main card. I think it's incredibly indicative of UFC matchmaking um, <laughs> these days. They like straight up, it's happening because they do not know what they potentially have with Terrence McKinney. Mm. I have no idea if Terrence McKinney is a great fighter. He is showing good signs, uh, but he is really good at self promotion and he has making himself interesting in a way that you need to do because the UFC is not going to do you any favors. And the UFC clearly just doesn't recognize this yet. He's had one fight in the organization. And that's probably why maybe after this one, but this reeks to me of, we don't know. It's just, dude, we're just throwing some bodies on this undercard and that's it. Like, yeah, he should be much higher up. Uh, we've talked about some fights that shouldn't be on the main card. I would say Terrence McKinney would make more sense there, but doing a feature prelim or second from the top of the prelims is how, where he should be. But it's all it's all going to come out in the wash anyway. It, it's not a huge deal, but it is very dumb. Yeah, I mean, it might be just the matchmaker. It might just be the matchup because Ferez is very technical and McKinney mm-hmm. is such an explosive guy early. So if McKinney can't get him out of there in the first round. The fight could be not all that exciting, honestly. Like that's just, I mean, go back and watch every Terrence McKinney fight. He either wins the, his contender series fight was a crazy fight it was nuts for the first round and then he got tired and i mean that's just that's what could happen here because ferez is very is is an experienced guy within the ufc he's actually a really good technical striker he might not be the explosive knock you out in seven seconds kind of guy but he's got 
like a pretty good kickboxing pedigree. The guy can strike. The guy is good, and he's he's a very technical fighter. And McKinney's best bet to probably win this fight is to wrestle him, is to take him down over and over again. Because Terrence can wrestle. He just doesn't typically need it because he hits so damn hard. But Ferez could take a shot, man. That dude's got a good chin on him. I think it's an interesting fight. I just uh, – maybe like the matchmakers and maybe the UFC is just kind of looking at it as like, okay, Terrence gets a first-round knockout. We'll just play the highlight over and over again. But – there is a chance that this fight slows down quite a bit as, as it progresses, if it gets out of the first. So maybe that's it. But yeah, he should probably maybe. be on the main card over some of these other fights, but I was gonna say, maybe that's the way me, they're looking at it. I think Misha Serkinov, Wellington Terman's on the main card. So there's a co-main on the main card. That's the co-main. There is no co-main. This card doesn't have a co-main. Wellington begs to differ. Wellington. <laughs> this is the third fight night in a row that, that that does not have an official co-main, in my opinion. There's there's been a, there's a main, but I, all the past three fight nights have not had co-mains. There's no co-main. Right. We already know the rule. If, if they show the no, entrances, it's a co-main. If they I don't, have not agreed to this not. rule. I have not agreed to this rule. I don't That's care the if they show. That's I don't the care rule. if they show their entire entrances and they and they, and they say co-main event to the red, uh, they're red in the face. I know what a co-main event looks like. This ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> We get a five round co main next 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 weekend with Fazeev and RDA. That should be fun. That's a co main. That's a real. That's a man's <laughs> co main. Battle of the Hafeels. All right. Um, what else we got? What we got? Uh, but I also I also threw a poll now. What uh, besides the main event, most anticipated fight, and uh, Surikhan Alvarez leading quite a bit, fifty six percent. Obviously, uh, the best fight on the card. Sure. McKinney ZM eighteen percent. Surikhan Terman twelve percent. Serkinov Terman behind other at 14%. <laughs> other is beating the quote unquote co main. That's not a good sign. Uh, actually, that's not fair. That's a field, right? I and mean, that's a lot of competition. That's a lot of fights. You know, that's yes. not fair. That's not fair. That's not yeah. fair to Serkinov and, uh, and Terman. Wellington. Oh, man. Or Misha Serkinov. Is Wellington a common Brazilian name? I don't know. <laughs> I, I've just. That's a geek just seems, question. It just seems like. Um, like, okay, so a, 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 a name like um, Montgomery Burns's cousin would be Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, another question from Mr. Anderson. Is Armand a future champion? He's underrated, in my opinion. He's got a very oh. good chance. You don't think he's a future uh, champion? I mean, it's too early I mean, to tell, but yeah, he's got definitely. he's got the ability. To, he's definitely got the ceiling to get there someday. Will he? Will he's he only be in better. a number one contenders fight within the next within his UFC career? Fighting for championships is one yes. thing, but will he be yeah. in a number one contenders fight? I think he'll get yes, to a number one contenders fight. I think. Look, I know that Casey hates it, and I'm probably going to get some sound effects. Uh, lightweight's the best division by a lot. It's just it's an impossible division to be good at, and you should just always bet that a, even the most exciting, hyped prospect isn't going to be a champion because it's basically impossible to be a lightweight champion. Like we were talking earlier that uh, Mike was saying, you know, Armand, maybe he can get a fun fight. He can't. He goes out here and puts the size nines to Joel Alvarez. He's going to fight another dude who's probably not even ranked because you have to string together 36 wins in this division to even get <laughs> in the conversation. Like, Javier yeah. Viziev, if he beats RDA next week, he is still not going to have his next fight even be a number one contenders fight. He's going to move up to, like, six and need two more because the division is just insane. Like, it is so hard to make hay – 
So you are just Sarukin has a lot of talent. I love the hell out of his game. I love how how well rounded, how comprehensive of an MMA fighter he is. His ability to blend stuff is excellent. But if you just just always bet that anybody good at lightweight isn't going to be a future champion, and you'll mostly be right because it's impossible to be. Gregor Gillespie's been insanely good for like five years, and he's ranked twelve or whatever the shit he is. Like it's impossible to make make headway in this division. Well, let's just talk yeah. about the main event, Bobby Green. Oh, 10, oh, ten yeah, years ahead. ago, he fought. I mean, he fought on televised Strike Force cards. Like, well, I'm not I'm not counting, you know, King of the Cages and stuff. So he was a he was a, a, a true professional fighter 10 years ago, and he's just now, on short notice, getting kind of a shot at being, you know, the elite of the elite. So, yes, I 100% agree with you, Mr. Mishu. No, no, no sound effects. I also don't think Armin is underrated. I think that's the other part of the question I actually have an issue with. He's actually pretty, like, revered. Like, main, again, mainstream underrated, popular. Is totally underrated by the, um, the ranking on the card. I mean, he's no one can term it. Is he? Is he even though he's a yeah. Yeah, well, so like here's he's main card he's on this main card his last fight was on a main card he's fought on pay per view he fought UFC 240 on pay per view um, he's, he's had more fights underneath Misha Serkinov and Jung yeah. Kim so he's had more nobody's underrating him he's underrated he's underrated that's not underrated for a guy who's 24 years old has only fought what four times in the UFC he's actually way more if anything he's gotten way more acclaim than most people his age have at this point in their careers so I don't agree that he's underrated obviously it's a matter of perspective but like I think most people who are keeping up with MMA like keeping up with the UFC at least are aware of Armin Surkian because again he's been on a lot of main cards like he's just you really can't avoid him he's he's had more fights on main cards than he hasn't you know um so i i don't think he's that underrated all right uh we have a question from mixed perfection how does bobby green's ability to slip punches help fight off islam's wrestling if at all jed mishu minimally um i mean his ability to slip punches is not irrelevant because islam I mean, that's one of the big things about Islam and Habib that people like. Habib never just ran across the cage and tackled people. He didn't been asking people. He would strike with them for a while, and he lets the takedown opportunities come, and then maybe mm-hmm. he'll force it after he gets comfortable, has a read on range, timing, etc. Islam's a better striker than Habib. I think he's less powerful and less athletic, but he is a better striker. Um, and so I think Bobby Green's ability to slip punches will create opportunities for offense. Also, a, it's a real big problem with Bobby Green slipping punches in this fight, though. Like, if he, if his defense is to stay in the pocket and slip punches, then that, by definition, means he is in the pocket on on Islam, who is then just going to grab him. <laughs> like, oh, cool, you, you are still right here. I'm just going to grab you, and we'll work an underhook series off this. Like, I think... I think Bobby Green's best effort is to come forward. I think what he has said is right. He needs to come forward and try and push Islam back, uh, take the initiative away from Islam, make him shoot off the back foot. That'll be more difficult. But if he's slipping punches, uh, it's probably not great for him for a number of reasons. Yep. He said it. That's it. Yep. Uh, Take one, maybe two more. I don't want to keep you all from Bellator. Yeah. Uh, if Bobby Green pulls off the upset, will he be the first number one contender slash title challenger late replacement to win? No. Um, John John Jones? John Jones and uh, didn't he replace Rashad in that one fight? No, and no, then... no, that was in title fight. We're talking about kind of like 
kind of coming isn't into that the question more... yeah isn't that he the question repl- the first he, late replacement? Him, was, he came in on like two months notice or something though sure but i think that's the question and it's, it's definitely happened more than once i mean john jones isn't immediately that, jumps to mind he was that's he not a late Rashad. replacement though it yeah. was like, oh, no, he replaced hey, Rashad, Rashad and fought oh Rashad's hurt so John's gonna get it instead of Rashad Rashad's that's fine but that's I mean that is the question I mean the question is asking no, no I'm, I'm talking from a timeline standpoint it was not uh-huh. like a late replacement it was Rashad's hurt in three months they're gonna fight but Rashad is a blown ACL John uh-huh. gets it instead sure um, but definitely it's not I mean uh, it's, that's, I mean, yeah, it's that's the one that came to mind it's but, unique circumstance. but like John didn't was it Bader fight? John didn't come in and beat Bader like on two weeks' notice and then get the title shot. I think it's, I think the question is more like this: Has someone yeah. come in like a quick late replacement? Oh, actually, Brian Ortega, Nate Frankie Edgar. Brian, Brian didn't did Brian Ortega get a title shot after he knocked out Frankie Edgar on short notice? He did. I didn't remember yeah. that being short notice, but he did get his title fight off that. Yeah. Whoa! What the? That, that, was, that was savage. That was me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nate Diaz won the Conor McGregor belt, which is the most lucrative of all belts. On <laughs> yeah, short yeah, notice. that's true. Yep. Um, I can't think of. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there are others. There's I can't think there. of them off the top of my head. There's something out there. Um, yeah, I might as well throw some Conor in there. It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. Conor gets paid lots of money. UFC has to put him in big fights only. It's business, not tournament fighting. I think this is in reference to talking about if Connor gets a title shot. More importantly, back. more importantly, uh, Mike, do you know how many fights Connor has left on his contract? I believe it's uh, two, but I'm not yeah, certain on that. Two, two from all from, from all indications, it's two. You know, it would behoove the UFC, who are probably not going to be able to resign him, to try and get him a title <laughs> before his contract runs out both because they want to do that anyway. They want, as as Dylan Weston said, they want big fights. Titles are big fights. And also, you know, give them a little bit of leverage should he end up holding a belt as his contract expires. That just gives them a little more room to work. So, yeah, um, I stand by everything I said yesterday. I think if, Con- if Oliver wins, he whether the UFC will do it or not, I, I can't say, but Oliver is going to, do everything he can to fight Conor McGregor next and doesn't matter. And he will say specifically is Makachev hasn't, doesn't have a top five win. Why would I fight that dude? I'm fighting Conor McGregor and Conor will call for it and they will dare the UFC to blink. And the UFC doesn't have a great track record of blinking in the, or of, of sticking to it in those situations. So I still think that's the outcome. If the, those things play out that way. Who was uh, Connor's manager that was on uh, MMA Hour? Or Tim Simpson. I think Tim not, Simpson. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not his they manager, work like manager, in, they work in the group. Yeah, he's a management company. group. Sure, sure. But I think yeah, uh, Tim. Tim said it kind of correctly when he said, uh, I think Arrow asked something about this. Will Connor come back and get a title shot? And Tim simply said, UFC is a business. They like making money. <laughs> Which yeah, is amazing. That's, yeah. That's I mean really that's that that's it at the end of the day right that is the story at the end of the day we can speculate when, anytime we're speculating about matchmaking it it always comes down to that we, we mentioned before, put, like negotiations and things like that too that's why I put this question up because like you said this is a business and not tournament fighting yeah fortunately unfortunately mm-hmm. however you want to see I will also say that if Islam wins and Gaethje win there's a non-zero chance Gaethje tries to fight Poirier because Poirier is bigger business they already have a a thing there and that yep. I I don't necessarily think that happens. I'm saying that's 
in play as well. And give me Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, too, all day. That's awesome. That's a spicy. All right. Uh, let me see what else we got. You know what? Yeah, there. Here we go. Maybe for our last question. Oh, right. Coming up. Well, apologies to those in the podcast because by the time you probably hear this, this fight will be over. Uh, all right, let's let's just knock <laughs> it out. You'll know we're geniuses or idiots. <laughs> yeah. AK, who you got? Musashi or Vanderford? I, I like Vanderford a lot, and, and I think he has kind of the skill. Like I, w- one thing we we said talking about in the ranking shows a lot. Um, I think early in the season, we were, I think we we're kind of predicting like who is most likely to fall out of like a top five spot. I think we did that in one of our year end shows, and I think Jed accurately said like, I mean, it's got to be Musashi because he just keeps facing these sort of um mandatory challengers as it were uh vanderford look a good record he's fought his way up bellator the right way he's five and oh in bellator 11 and 0 is a pro um but i mean he's certainly not the name of you know when we think like elite top 10 middleweights austin vanderford does not jump out to you in most discussions and again and he might be after he beats musashi or he just knocks or he beats musashi and they knocks them both out of the out of the top 10 so there's just there's, there's so much intrigue there's so much intrigue with the musashi fights now because he really is one loss away from losing this like top five spot that a lot of us have him have had him entrenched in for five six years like he there's just been no reason to take it away from him but if he loses to vanderford i mean i don't know it's going to cause to cause to sort of you know reevaluate a whole thing so i i'm leaning towards musashi i think the striking is just a whole other level than anyone that vanderford has fought so far that's really the big difference i don't think vanderford is such a great wrestler that he can like just dominate uh musashi for five rounds i know that's kind of been the criticism or was at least in the past uh, with 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 strong enough wrestling and a good gas tank you can you can take a decision from from musashi that way i just don't know maybe i just haven't seen enough of austin vanderford i don't think he's quite in that level of a wrestler certainly nowhere near the level of a striker i think musashi actually finishes him uh i'll go uh finish second or third round uh musashi fourth round tko for me i just think hmm. i think vanderford will land a couple takedowns so i think musashi will just keep getting up and i think eventually vanderford will start to get tired he'll shoot he'll he'll take some big shot and then he'll force some uh, he'll force a takedown that isn't there musashi will pounce on it and then finish him in the fourth round i think it's a you know fine showing for vanderford but i i, I just don't see a world where Musashi in this fight but and he's knows? earned the title shot. he's fight. earned the title shot he's earned the title shot by the way i, I didn't want to crap on him and saying like oh he doesn't deserve a title shot he's yeah. is the he is the fair number one contender in bell towards middleweight division so I'm, I'm for that as well yeah and he's got a shot at the 205 title basically waiting in the wings if he wins this fight so whoever comes out of the grand prix he's already got basically that they, they've been telling him for like two years when we do this light heavyweight grand prix whenever it's over it's tight champion versus champion so a lot more at stake for for musashi here jed Who's your final pick? I'll split the difference in y'all. I think fourth round submission, rear naked choke. Uh, everything you guys said is mostly true. I Vanderford has beaten a lot of guys who don't suck, but he hasn't. This would be the biggest win by light years um, of his career. Just an unbelievable jump up in quality, uh, an opponent. I think maybe he can score takedowns in the first round, but he's not going to do a lot of damage. He's not a big fan. If he was a better finisher, maybe but he's just not moose is just gonna hang around he need to take over late he's just a much better fighter um and so he will win and he will be the second best dutch middleweight currently in the world behind my boy who already did work earlier today henny a de ritter get on the rdr train boys because it's right. coming it's rain it's rainier it's rainier i mean he's not brazilian you don't need to <laughs> 
And he ate the Ritter, baby. Choo-choo. <laughs> and he ate the Hitter. <laughs> I, believe it's, I believe it's Rainier, like Rainier Wolfcastle. And Rainier he ate the Ritter, Ritter baby. Choo-choo. Okay. Uh, all, right, all right. Get on that RDR right. train. You guys can get on the bandwagon oh, before it fills up. My man. You know what that music means. It means we're getting the virtual cane and being pulled off the stage here. So we out. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 3.30 Eastern for the People's Pre-Fight Show. So join us for that. We'll be answering your questions for... 30, 40 minutes before the first fight begins. And then uh, we'll be back after the card as well. And probably Jed and I will jump on Twitter spaces at some point throughout the- Not uh, a probably. We're going to do it. We got to market it, Mike. Got to get them there. Twitter spaces tomorrow. We're going to do it before the main card. So stay tuned for that. So for AK, for Jed, big shots, Casey on the ones and twos. I am Mike Hack. Enjoy Bellator, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.